You are listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot, a forward-thinking company committed to bringing next-level innovation and solutions to turf managers from coast to coast. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Welcome, Episode 8, Pullin' Weeds. Thank you for being here. My name is Alan Knight, here with my man, Tim Krieger. Good afternoon, Alan. Tim has shaved his head. Let's get that out of the way. Didn't know that was coming up. Nope. But it's interesting to look at. There might be a picture on Twitter soon enough. Looks good. Does look good. You're back to your Leo DiCaprio days. Well, and I think it's important for people to understand why that happened. Why did that happen? Did you go back and listen to the first episode? I believe we covered that. There you go. So welcome, everybody. Episode 8. It's uh, It's always good. To be not only with Alan, but to uh, you know, to be focused on something so important as the home of golf, the cradle of American golf, Pinehurst. Yeah, the cradle. How cool is that place, man? That was interesting. We uh, Tim and I made a trip to Pinehurst and got to play the cradle. And well, we actually interviewed John Jeffries, golf course superintendent of Pinehurst Number Two Resort and LLC. Uh, then we got to play the cradle. Tell them all who played the cradle with us. I think it's Resort and Country Club and then the LLC. But just having fun with you because that will come up later. We had to figure out that name. Um, Kurt played with us. Proctor, who's the uh, superintendent at Three and the Cradle, as well as Deuce. Why don't you tell everybody who Deuce is? So we're sitting there when the interview's over, I believe. That's it. And young man comes walking in. He's got his hat on, and it says Deuce in the biggest letters possible to even fit on this hat. And I figured if you're wearing that hat, it's got to be your nickname. It's like I the said, old Miami hats. I said, your name Deuce. And uh, he just kind of looked at me funny and giggled. And then, I guess 30 minutes later, I figured out it was because we were at Pinehurst number two, the Deuce. So, let's be honest. I think we were walking off the cradle back to the parking lot after playing nine holes when you said. No, we were walking did, to. Did the, his hat really mean? <laughs> no, we were walking to the car and it dawned on me like a light bulb. Probably went off above my head and Tim started laughing. But we'd call, everybody called him Deuce the rest of the day. And he is? We haven't covered that yet. Kyle Gentry. There you go. And Kyle is the assistant there at number two who used to work for Doug Lowe. Correct. And up at Chevy Chase. He's got a pretty good resume. Yeah, he's been around a little bit. Poor kid plays backwards, but other than that, he's a good stick. Plays a sling and hook in there. Sometimes it forgets the sling. Did. <laughs> so we did already say Kurt Proctor? Well, I, yeah, I mentioned Kurt before okay. you did. And Deuce. he is uh, what you three wanted. in the cradle. Three in the cradle. Correct. We already introduced him. Yeah, but there's other people I'm forgetting. John Jeffrey, Stephen Dorr. Oh, yeah, we played with Steve, too. Was that it? And then one more. No, there's just five Steve, of us. Kyle, John. Okay. Right? Yeah. I don't know. You made video footage, so go back and check the footage. I'm pretty sure there's just five of us. No, there was six total. We played a six of them. Me, you, me, you, Dorr, Kyle Gentry, Proctor, John Jeffries. We played three on three, man. Six. Correct. Steve Dora was the other one we haven't mentioned yet. Cool thing about the cradle is that it's a par three, and wherever the tee is, on every hole, they go and shoot that yard to the flag so you don't have to ever pull a rangefinder. You walk up there, and it says 117 yards, and boom, you know what to do. Yeah, I agree with you. I love that. So you can walk up on the first hole. I think the first time I played the cradle, it said 86 yards. Um and I tried to hit a knockdown pitching wedge, and I flew the green. The second time I played, I think it's a 113, and hit the same shot I felt like, and I was short of the pin. So, 
and we were teeing off and they've got music there you know the whole ambiance and i thought it was kind of cool and we get out to one green two tea and the music's still very prominent it's not like it was just at the little shack where you get your club or you get your bag they got stones and speakers that that play as we said everything from guns and roses to the bgs the drake yeah we heard some interesting things out there i think i've heard some beastie boys out there too some john bon jovi um anyhow yeah well and then the speakers there's another set up there behind the pine cone too so um which is just a money-making little wooden trailer rehabbed yeah they got this uh, one, camper they got a single person camper and, I, and you can see it up on the hill and i said what is that and everybody looked at us the pine cone like i should have known what that was already but i enjoyed the pine cone you get a beverage there well i'll just say this for for those of us who listen to this maybe and are a little down on the game of golf and frustrated and don't play much. I've been going through that the last, I don't know, 12, 18 months. Almost have lost interest in the game. But after going back and playing the cradle a couple times, I'll tell you, I'm excited about playing. I have kind of gotten the groove again and started playing some more golf. And it all started the first time I ever went and played the cradle a couple months ago. I mean, it was a truly fun experience to play golf again. And so, the cool thing is 50 bucks off the street. You walk up and you play all day. Correct. As long as there's space, you can replay as many times as you like. And you get access to Thistledew, the monstrosity of putting green. Correct. But you, the thing is, you don't get free refills at the pine cone. No. <laughs> no. But it was kind of cool. Golf Channel, Matt Janella was out there recording, filming that day. Yeah. It's fun. the second time I was there. In fact, uh, met him at the Hall of Fame dinner that Bob Farron was inducted into. Um, so it's funny. I was telling Bob the same story about what the cradle and kind of got me back into playing golf i was talking to him the other day about something so that's cool yeah no i think it was a uh i think it was an absolutely wonderful experience uh anytime you can come to pinehurst though it's a good time but i i would say that john is a phenomenal man um i'd love to call him a young man but it's kind of hard to um he's a good dude and, and i've liked everybody else i've enjoyed getting to know him and He's got a lot of good stories and good insight, I believe. I think it's a quality guy, quality interview. And um, I know there's some folks at Pinehurst that everybody recognizes the names of, and I think John Jeffries is one of those that's getting ready to settle in across the uh, the ranks, if it already hasn't, um, as the, the I would say, the, the most recent superintendent at Pinehurst number two. Well, before we get to John Jeffries, we are going to put something to bed at the end of this episode. you got to wait till after the interview to hear the conclusion. Just so, just stick around. But part of this show is education. And we're going to highlight one of the member benefits each month at the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association. Uh, and I just picked one out in the blue, the directory. And I think directory is a great tool. But tell me how that's a benefit. Well, as a member... There's a code of ethics, first and foremost, that you have to follow. So anytime you're going to another property, it's uh, it's protocol that you pick up the phone and call someone. So member-to-member access is important. So having a printed directory that it's easy to find anybody's not only work information but cell phone information uh, covers that component of it. We've also got it available online. Um, so members have their own login and member access. I think the other component of it is for half of our membership that sells inputs to the golf course it's very easy um, to find information when you're calling upon folks. So, uh, you know, networking, it's, it's, it's the important part of what we do when we come together. And I think that having access to those individuals 
Um, not to say that business cards are a thing of the past, but I think they're less and less prominent with social media and the advent of things of that nature with everybody having a smart device. So it's important to stay in touch with folks. And I've heard some salesmen say they like it because it stays open on the dash there, the way you've got it bound. Yeah, we finally went to a coil bind, um, I want to say about six or seven years ago, just for that reason, so that you can flip to a page and keep it open versus a uh, a glue binding, if you will. It kind of flips back and forth. So, yeah, it's one of the many member benefits of uh, the Carolinas GCSA. And you can brush up on your bylaws there and there, too. Yeah, it's always good to be aware of what's going on, especially when it comes to, um, you know, just how you carry yourself. There's always ethics involved in any business out there. And we are a, a, a true professional organization um, representing a, a big segment of the business. So with that, I think we've got a great guy coming up who represents us very well across all spectrums with uh, Mr. Jeffries. Let's cut to him. What do you think? Let's do it. Simplot is a leader in bringing new and innovative technologies to the turf management industry, specializing in fertility and plant protection. Simplot has an extensive line of unique and proprietary products that have a great fit in any management program. Most importantly, Simplot is all in when it comes to your success. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life. Now it's time to welcome in our Pullin' Weed special guest. Well, here we are, Pinehurst Resort and Country Club, LLC, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Myself, Tim Krieger, sitting here with the main man, John Jeffries. Thank you for having us here, getting us to Donald Ross Grill. It's changed since I've been here 17 years ago. The whole resort, you got a beautiful par three out here. You lost some holes. You got this monstrosity of putting green behind us. I want to get into that putting green. Uh, what's the name of it? It's called Thistle Do. Thistle Do. And what do you do out there? It's a 75,000 square foot putting green, uh, champion Bermuda. We've got 18 holes of putting course that have tee markers that conveniently double as beverage holders and <laughs> flags to putt 18 holes around. And then there's also a flatter upper portion for nine holes of championship putting, if you will. So it's a uh, big green. It's right here at the clubhouse. A lot of activity, fun right now. You know, there could be 30, 40 kids, and it, it just doesn't it doesn't slow down. So is that it, is there a cost associated with that? It's part of the resort here. It's when it's, you stay you, here, you, play you come here. Come up, you and, and it's used. It's you, you spoke of the par three, the cradle. It's included in the cradle. If you come off the street and play the cradle, all the the things here at the club come in with that. Wow. All right. Well, hold on a second. Let's um, let's slow the excitement. Alan has down just a wee bit. For me, this room hasn't changed a bit since I was here just a couple months ago with Bob Farron's induction. So um, we'd be remiss without mentioning Bob here um, and uh, Kevin as well, who's director over one through nine now, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, but our reason today is to talk to John here specifically about John a little bit. Yeah. Roots, I just family history. We're going to get to the open. We're going to get to the amateur. I just We're couldn't get, get past that monstrosity behind well, us. I the I'm reason impressed. I asked if it was free is so you didn't have to worry about it here in a few minutes so we can go out there and fiddle around. But, um, all right, so let's start with you. How long have you been in the Pinehurst area? I came to Pinehurst in May of 2000, so I've been here for 19 years. And you went to state? I did. NC State? NC State. Okay. And when did you get done there? Uh, I graduated in December of 2000. So you came, sh is this your first job? 
This was not my first job at a golf course, no. Okay. I, in high school, my junior year of high school, uh, which was 1994, uh, my parents were like, hey, go get a job. Nice. Go do something, find out something you like to do. So I grew up on a small family farm. I knew that wasn't for me. My dad didn't participate in the daily operation of the farm. We leased the land to a farmer. Uh, so knew I wanted to do something outdoors, so they shipped me over to their friends, uh, Marty and Ann Allen over at Wilmar Golf Club in Nightdale, ah. and said, see if they need some help. So 16 years old, yeah, you can come work carts. So went over to Wilmar and was a cart boy for about three months before I would sneak out and try to mow some grass. Uh, that was the the lure out there in the, nice. the green fairway. So I, I started working at Wilmar in high school and then in college and, and came down here and did an internship before I graduated in December and just never left. Who'd you intern for when you were there at the time? Uh, course number seven, Kevin Robinson. Okay. He hired me to do my internship and I was very upfront. I was like, hey man, I'm graduating in December. I've only got a couple classes to take. I want to work down here three days a week while I'm finishing. I want a job when I graduate because I don't have anything lined up. If I work hard, can I continue to work here? And yeah, and 19 years later, still hanging around. <laughs> so you've taken us from hire, intern. Uh, were you hired as an assistant? No, I continued to be just an intern for about a year until something opened up. And then what opened up? Um, the foreman's position on course number six. How long did you do that? About two months. And then the assistant's position became open at course number six. At six. At under six. who at the time? Under Kevin. Because Kevin. Kevin at that time was six and seven. Six and seven. Okay. Yep. And then after that? I was assistant on six for about five years. Okay. And then uh, came to course number two in 2006 as assistant superintendent. For? Paul Jett. Paul, and that would have been where we met in eight nine nine, probably the first time. Probably when you were his assistant. Yep. And he brought myself and someone over, and we played golf together. We were like the come play, and I, it, I think it might have been Borman. Yep, the executive I remember that. Director at the yep. time. Yeah, it was, it was like Chuck. Chuck and Paul, and then oh. Tim and John, you ride in the other car. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to be sitting here having this conversation, as you say, what, 11 years later? Yeah. Because then you went from assistant from 06 until how long? Assistant from 06 to 14. On the same golf course. On the same golf course. So that's through two, two majors? Three. The U.S. Amateur in 08. The U.S. Opens in 14 men's and women's. And then the four ball in 17. Wow. And then the U.S. Amateur here in a month. That's, that was one of my further questions was to cover that. Sorry to cut you out of all that, Alan. I was just trying to get us all caught up to how he got to be the golf course superintendent at number two. Oh, I love it. Through the tenure here at Pinehurst. It's an amazing story because there's not a lot of guys, even in the Carolinas, that can tell that story at one facility. Yeah, and to me it was funny, too, because when I left Wilmore, to come do my internship, like my last day, if you will, at Wilmar. The joke was, you'll be back here in about a week. <laughs> that, they, that they weren't going to have me around here for very long. Really? So it was a tough crowd at Wilmar. It, it, yeah, it's, it was, but I was probably not too far off of that assessment either because luckily I have grown since my high right. school and college days and haven't we all? And tried to learn a little bit about what it takes to do this. Right. And, uh, so yeah, it, it was. I, I bet there was a 
a bet on over under of how many weeks I was going to stick down here. Man, I wish you'd have been in on that pool. I, I, hopefully the overs are still going. Yeah, no, that'd be. I I kind of had somebody in the same thing when I went from a cart kid to an assistant pro at a club where I grew up. Uh, or where I started working, there was a guy I heard him make a comment. He goes, we'll see how long that lasts. And that's always that little fire to kind of keep you going. And yeah. Anywho, help clear something up for me. What is, what is a foreman do at a golf course? So second assistant. Okay. A lot of places call them second assistants or assistants in training. There's so many titles now. Gotcha. Here at that time, it was a foreman. Right. Um, it just – And I've heard that term used a lot at other facilities, and I was just kind of unclear whether they were – in charge of the crew or what a lot of times you have a construction type foreman or, or a project foreman or right or whatever it may be ours it was pretty similar to a second assistance role well you seem fairly relaxed for a 145 in the afternoon on a 90 plus degree day one um, month prior and, and we're how long out from the amber one, one month, month from yesterday yeah one month from yesterday and do you consider a month to be 30 or 31 days uh, 31, <laughs> probably. So I, I know that the 10th is our first Saturday practice round for the U.S. Amateur, and yesterday was the 10th, which I confirmed a few minutes ago by yep. checking that out. But, you know, uh, it's, I don't know how many weeks it is. Steve was trying to ask me how many weeks, and I don't remember if it's four and a half or five and a half. But What's left? Was, you know, what do you got to do next? Dial Anything? it in, get it to stop raining, one. Hmm. Uh, let the course firm up a little bit, let the greens firm up. So how much um, rain have you guys been getting? We had seven inches since the 4th of July night. So we're on wow. five days, six days, seven days from that. So and how much have you had since then? Zero. Since I put sod you said in said since yard. the 7th of July? 4th. So the night of the 4th, seven inches. Oh, we hadn't sniffed a full inch up in the upstate. No, I got well, about five minutes of a rainstorm. You no, know, Kyle Gentry, our assistant superintendent on two, lives 15 minutes north of here in Carthage, and he has half an inch in the same stretch. Wow. You know, I thought that was interesting whenever uh, that you can compare, you know, Charleston to another area in the Carolinas, and there's a big difference, but that close is pretty significant. Yeah. What's yeah, the difference? Seven miles as the crow flies, and it's six and a half inches. But we see that a lot around here where our friends at Pine Needles during an event won't get any rain, and we'll be getting hammered over here, and you think, oh, man, I hope they're doing okay over there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get anything, or vice versa. You know, during 2014, we dodged storms all week long and got nine-tenths Thursday night of the Men's U.S. Open. Yeah. But we had been really lucky leading up to that because it was all around us. Yeah. It looked huh. like popcorn popping on the radar. Well, maybe it'll come and go, like you say, because you want to kind of dry it down. So we want to be firm. It. We yeah. want to be fast. That's our deal. When they use words like soft, that's the worst thing <laughs> they can say about course number two gotcha. is it played soft. So sure. we're nice. hopeful. I used to have a guy tell me grain was the worst word in the superintendent world. That's, and a, that's a bad one, I guess. But soft is really the one that <laughs> gets you. Don't say soft. <laughs> don't say soft. Yeah. Either one of those around uh, the ultra dwarf world of greens are not words you really want to hear. I don't know. I used to I'd tell them all the time, these things are grainy, man, just messing with them. Even is that, though is that the same guy who did your yard? It is, and we'll, we'll get to that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. We're not talking about the yard anymore. Oh, yeah, we are. We're going to wrap that up, but. That's hilarious. For those of you who have been listening all along from the beginning of the series, we're supposed to be done talking about Allen's yard at this point in time. We will be. Finally, it's completed. But uh, talking about you working here at the America's Home of Golf, I guess. Is that what they call this place? That is the motto, yep. Yeah. Home of America's America. Cradle of American Golf was Cradle the first one, the home of American golf. 
A lot of What's your favorite things. part of being here? It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. There's always something going on. Mm. Um, that was kind of when I came, I didn't plan on staying that long. I, I figured you'd work here and you'd get your name out and you'd go somewhere else. But that somewhere else was always here. That something else was always here. Is it was an event. It was a construction project. It was a learning experience. It was a whatever it was, it was here. And so it, it, it was always here. Do you want to stay and continue that path through another open? What, they just signed up for what, 25? 24. You, if, you think you'd like to stick around at least through the 24 open? If they'll have me, I would be honored to do that. I'd, and you'd be comfortable just with number two in if, terms of responsibility here? If I'm superintendent on number two, I, I can't ask for anything more. I mean, that's you asked me that 19 years ago when I started my internship. I told you you're crazy. But half joking, I was playing golf one day with another intern from Australia, and we were teeing off the ninth tee of course number four, which butts up to the tenth green of course number two. And, you know, just being a cocky 20-year-old or whatever, I said, man, one day I'll be superintendent over there. I'm going to work and try to do that. That's awesome. And to say that now, I was an idiot for saying it then. <laughs> but that was it was a goal. Sure. And, I mean, what better place to be, in my opinion, than here with all we have going on. And I feel very fortunate and blessed, and I try to work hard to make sure that that's an option for me. you got a great team here around you as well. Unbelievable. I mean, it's it's a great place. Uh, Bob and Kevin are great to work for. Like I said, Kevin hired me to do my internship. Um, Bob was here, obviously, all along. And the people that we have as co-superintendents, I mean, there's eight superintendents here at the resort. And we've all worked together, either for each other or with each other. Alan Owen over on course number four was our assistant on course two with me yep. during the U.S. Opens. So we went through it all together. and came out great friends and colleagues and um, a lot of people have to call the guy down the road I call the guy in the next office nice. or whose fairways run right beside mine and sure. we hey come look at this Alan or he'll say come look at this John or, or whatever and the other guys at the other courses Jeff Hill on one and five um, Kurt Proctor on three in the cradle Logan Murphy over at eight Jerry Everett on six Steve Wilson on seven Dave Bobles on nine uh, we're very fortunate. We feel like a management company that may have properties across the East Coast, but we're all at the same place. Sure. Are um, you, do you share a shop with number? Yeah, the main shop is five golf courses plus the cradle. Wow. All working out of one facility. Man. It's Probably a zoo. Pretty, uh, <laughs> it's a zoo. So you got five mechanics up in there? Or? We have 26 mechanics on payroll. Mercy. And there's they're not all at the, there's not, they're not all at the main shop. Right. Um, the satellite courses six, seven, eight, and nine. That mechanic total is in that as well, and they have satellite shops with their own golf shop and maintenance facility. So, you know, we have 120 vehicles here that have license plates that all get serviced at their maintenance facility. Wow, I didn't realize there was a number nine either. Yep. Recent. 2014. Okay. Eight was a centennial, was that correct? Yeah, that was um, 1995. All right. And it's off campus. Correct. Call it. So seven is off campus. Yep. Nine's off campus. Uh, the uh like the beautiful golf course number eight is got a personality of its own not oh yeah you know yeah i enjoy going over there and playing golf because it doesn't feel like here right it feels like even though it's a mile down the road it's 
you don't feel like you're at work. You're having a good time playing golf somewhere else. I want you and I to discuss, he and I had a little chat in the parking lot bringing the equipment up, about your philosophy for the amateur versus the open and, and how we talked about, you know, the way you prepare it. Yeah, so we talked about is there a difference preparing the golf course for the U.S. Amateur or the U.S. Open? And in our minds, no, because that contestant, the U.S. Amateur, they expect this to be their U.S. Open. We want to present them with the conditions and the challenge just like we do with everyday play, that you're coming here because the U.S. Open was here and this is your shot. And those contestants at the U.S. Amateur, this is their shot to play number two and number four under championship conditions. Right. So there's no let off in preparation from us. Yeah, we do it with 60% of the staff and the time frames are a little bit different, especially once you get to match play. Um, but the two days of practice rounds and two days of stroke play, you've got 312 golfers split on two golf courses and they, they expect great, I mean, they play at great places. Right. They're high level amateurs and, and yeah. you know some of them the Ricky Fowlers that were playing here in 2008 are those guys now and Danny Lee won has won on tour since yeah Jamie Lovemark big names at that time as amateurs well those guys are now and so you're looking and trying to pick out who's going to be the next this person or that person and and really give them the best that you've got yeah they're going to want to come here and play their best we're going to want to Test present them. our best right so and you're working with the USGA. Working with the USGA. For similar events, so it's not going from tour no. to golf association, et cetera, no. management-wise. It's a very comfortable. Similar agronomy team? Comfortable, different this okay. time. This time will be very different. Um, Darren Bavard came on as their championship agronomist in 2014, and it was kind of around the same times as the U.S. Open, so he wasn't here. You know, we're very comfortable. Pat O'Brien, Chris Hartwiger, that was the dream team. and southeast we've got to work with them a lot well now it'll be darren and steve Cameron. my so different agronomy team from the usga altogether. but we're excited we've worked with steve a little bit you know through consulting visits and darren's been down a few times and great guy we get along with him you think you um, can get steve to smile probably not i'm probably gonna I, not. I'll, I'll go ahead and steve i hope you're listening and you get a kick out of this um but i'll go ahead and throw down a dollar per smile for the week um, and, and towards John's um, Children's College Fund, Steve, if that's any motivation, how about now? So you can come on the show sometime, Steve, and we'll interview you. Um, but, yeah, smiles for the week of the AM. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. So do, at, at 2014, when you held, that was the year you held both, correct? That's right. Pat O'Brien came in to the South Carolina Golf Association office a month or two after and, and just as to the staff only gave us a little presentation, PowerPoint show of what everything that happened here. Uh, to get in prep. And I guess it was actually kind of during the renovation process area too, wasn't it? The the restoration, restoration probably that you're talking about is the yeah. core Crenshaw one in 2010 and 11. Okay. The conversion from Bentgrass to Bermuda was right after the Women's U.S. Open. Okay. So there was two yeah. conversions. So we had two weeks of resort play after the Women's U.S. Open, and then we converted the Greens to champion. Wow. So. I played that son of a gun all the way back, 76 and some change the Friday after. It was ridiculous. It's a tough place. I'm just thinking about him. You know, you, you get through these two big events and you get a little chill time. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Keith DeQuayle. Like he had the bulldozers coming in the back door when they're putting on 18 on Sunday for the renovation to start Monday morning. I mean, literally moving oh. heavy equipment in as the traffic's going out. 
wow. passing each other on the road. I mean, it was the same way here. Not many roads in and out here. No. no. Beautiful. You use trains for any of your stuff? No. No. It'll roll through a couple times a day. I just didn't know if it was a stop, you know. Hey, you could get door, you know, one of those guys on Syngenta to drop you a pallet off the train, you know, over here. Early order. Yep. Sometimes our orders look that big. <laughs> we could use a train, especially when the lease runs out on our equipment. And we'll, we'll talk to the ooh. distributors on the podcast. About STI that, so. may want to send one train instead of 27 tractor trailers <laughs> with equipment. Wow. What, what a heck of a package that would be. John's got the pleasure of living pretty close, he told me. He's two and a half minutes to shut his door at home and open the office door. You know what that presents, though? You're always here. Well, that and when the alarm goes off at 5 a.m. Yeah. or 2 a.m., who's the closest guy who's on the damn ADT roster? That's right. That's so, true. That's but true. it is nice, like last night, to bring the boy out and check and see if we got any damage from the rain. Rainbow's out there. He's running around climbing up steep faces of bunkers and all the things he's not supposed to be, but he's three. <laughs> I guess I'm a bad dad for letting a three-year-old go up the steep face. I mean, he'll, he'll have a putter with him, right? And, I mean, he'll grow up in the environment. He'll grow up as part of the game. He'll have, I mean, not many kids are going to be able to say that they grew up, you know, in the home of golf, literally. Yeah. This, uh, so we had a chance to get down to Seminole one time, and Hal Hicks had us down, and, and I didn't realize that the house that he lives in on property is the same one that the four Harmon boys were brought up in. When um, Mr. Harmon was the golf professional at Seminole, they lived in that same house. So, I mean, we're sitting on the back deck of that thing, and it's Butch Harmon out in the yard hitting balls. Right. It's just kind of – so, I mean, it's neat to have your kids have that same yeah. sort of history. That is pretty pretty special. When he grows up, he I think he will eventually appreciate, you know. Yeah. You always hope they do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, our daughter, she's a little bit older, seven, so she's kind of thinking about not just raking bunkers and playing in bunkers, but hitting a golf ball every now and then. So, who knows? I mean, they're – Seven and three. What, seven and three. What you watching on TV right now? Um, a lot of Peppa Pig for the boy. Peppa. Okay. He's even got a slight British accent, Your which son's is developing <laughs> by watching Peppa Pig. Right, right. So there's <laughs> there's no reason for him to have a English accent. I've even brought him into Alan's office and let him listen to him to That's confirm. That's funny. Well, but so, maybe you could go somewhere with that. I mean, kid raised in Pinehurst with you know Scottish with, accent, with a, yeah, you know, yeah. or something. <laughs> he could, he could be on America's yeah. Got Talent or uh, something. Yeah, and the seven-year-old girl, she doesn't want me in the same room as her watching TV, Fuller oh. House or whatever she's got on Netflix, yeah, which yeah. she has the wife's old cell phone now with Netflix on it. It's not a phone. She doesn't have a phone. She sure. she doesn't have right. a number, and she's not oh, yeah. calling and all that. But right. she's got a device That's that funny. she can watch some stuff. So yeah. a lot of that stuff. That I don't have any business knowing what the title is or watching, but I will admit, and I'm sure everybody has done this with children, where the kid leaves the room and an hour later you're still watching Peppa Pig for no yeah. reason. I've caught myself. One time I was traveling, my kids were really into Thomas the Train, and I was working with SCGA in the hotel, and I cut on TV and it was on Thomas Train. I was like, I think I'll just leave it there for a minute. That's yeah. great. Thomas so, and Friends or what have you. Kind of sit there on the couch for 45 minutes in a day is watching something that you could have easily switched over to right. something else. But. Well, I can definitely say that Phineas and Ferb is a lot different than the Snorks or the Smurfs that I remember right. growing up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or the T-shirt gang or any of those. I do have him on the Flintstones. Beautiful. We've shown him some culture with right. some of our cartoons. I got mine hooked on a, a, a Knight Rider. Oh, yeah. Wow. We had it DVR because it was coming on five times a day. And so I came home for like a couple-week stretch, and they were, they were just 
I mean, they were deep into it. It was awesome. We had I one, couldn't find the A-team or they'd have been on that too. We had one bite us one time. Our daughter's birthday is in December. So we're going to have her tested to see if she could start school early. My wife's in education. She's like, I think Riley's ready for school. Let's take her and have her evaluated. So we go and have her evaluated. The lady says, well, what's your favorite movie? Billy Madison. Mm. At four years old. All right. And right. I'm like, that's just another year of not winning dad of the year right there. I'm not Great. eligible anymore. And at the same meeting, what's your favorite food? Gravy. Mm. So, gravy. Gravy. That's better than chili Madison. I would have to say that's way so, better than chicken fingers. Well, where do you see yourself 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road? Hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I, if I'm here, fantastic. If I'm uh, – I don't – I don't really think that way. Um, I would love to still be in Pinehurst if – my kids are in college and come back to Pinehurst and visit when they're out and we're still living here. Great. If um, an opportunity presents itself for my wife and her career or whatever, and we right. have to make some decisions. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I'm very happy right now. Yeah. That's good. Very thing. happy home, family, kids, work. It's all good. You wake so, up um, without worrying when you come to work in terms of job security other than there's the self-inflicted pressure that i drive myself with i guess that if i don't do something right you know we have a annual review every year and i i still have butterflies when i go into that annual review sure it's something that i strive to do better to learn and, and to try to make myself better and um you know, I know there's situations out there, and, and luckily our setup here as far as the resort, and I don't have to worry about a greens committee changing every two or four years and new faces that just want a new face. So there's some things here that that we don't deal with maybe that other guys do politically at other clubs. So, um, you know, there's – you can use it to drive you. You can't let it drive you crazy. But I – but I, I – I feel like here, if you do a good job and you continue to strive for excellence and exceeding member and guest expectations, then you can you can continue and develop here. All right. Well, let's right. lighten it up a little bit. So, um, Alan beat me here today, um, which is good because normally he's stressed about setting up and it leads to drama between us. <laughs> that is so, true. That anyhow, is true. it's a very comfortable interview here today. But um, so, did he hit you up to play number two yet? By the time I'd come in the room, not no. yet. No. Nice. Never even came up. Nice. It's kind of like that thing about it. If you ask, you don't get to go. Right. It's kind of like Augusta, right? Right. Like for every, those who know, okay. In case you don't know and you're listening to this podcast, don't ask if you want to go. Right. That's the memo, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you need to wait to be invited. Correct. You start asking, you ain't going. Just so anyhow. Lighten it up. The 20 year old version of yourself standing there on that tee box looking at 10 green and number two. What advice would you go back and give him right now? Um, just pieces of advice that I've gotten from great people along the way. Um, stay humble, yeah. number one, because the one minute that you think you've got it all figured out, <laughs> you're not even close. Right. Something happens. Even when the golf course looks its best, something happens, and it can be your fault or it can be out of your control. Another seven inches of rain in the Seven next inches month. of rain, hydraulic leaks, whatever. Right. Vandalism, you sure. know, whatever. It's It's – Stay humble. Um, 
continue to strive to be better. Um, you know, you have role models that you look up to to try to be as good as them or if better than them or um, keep keep in touch, keep contact with people, build your network. Right. Um, Would you recommend staying as close to Kevin as you had? Yeah. Yeah. We've <laughs> okay. done pretty good. Right. So, right. yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I sure mean, there's a few under the table stories there. That there's some, there's some stories and there's some trials and tribulations and you know I, I, I view Kevin and I's relationship as you know sometimes we're very professional but at the same time he's a big brother I mean he's been there for me career-wise personal everything through thick and thin so you know sometimes I get so frustrated at him or mad at him it's like I didn't have a big brother growing up but I'm like this is what it's like <laughs> this is what it's like but he's over one through nine correct correct so here's what I'll, I'll tell you that I think is really neat to see is that so what we've heard today yep. through all this when we were here the last time um, a couple months ago uh, myself Doug um, his assistant Kyle and John and I had the opportunity to play the cradle and um, so while we're out there Kevin comes up and I mean he needed a bath right I mean he was dirty yeah and I had to ask him if he was rolling around just to impress us or something you know what I mean but he came in <laughs> and obviously there was something going on he was working on it but my right. point is at no point in time did you notice uh employee employer interaction or anything or any lack of respect or giving him a hard time being on the golf course with guests etc you know right. which is kind of unique for the guy who hired you is now watching you play golf and it's 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 all part of it. You yeah, know? it's it's a great situation. It seems like to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, Bob, Kevin, myself, Kevin. His daily responsibilities are big projects. He's probably over pouring concrete on course six right now because they're closed for airification. Course four. He was ninety nine percent of the time over on course four, helping Allen and that team get course four reconstructed. He trusts the guys. He trusts me to do what I need to do. Yeah. And he knows that I'm going to call him if something's not right, and if I need help or if he doesn't hear from me, everything's good. Um, it's it's a unique place. I mean, where else does it happen that way? Where we've all been together for this long and the trust and the relationships are past strictly professional, intermingled with personal, but still all productive. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great thing we've got here. Well, the place sells itself. I mean, it prints money, right? I mean, it's gone cyclical as any resort has. But I think that was kind of one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was to be able to share some of that, the staff, if you will, story or the relationships part of the story versus what everybody else sees and wants to hear. And, okay, tell me about the conversion and, you know, what rates are you applying here and how do you tighten it up going three months in and what heights are you going to – I mean, that's all well and good. But, yeah. I mean, in this business, anybody can pick up the phone and call you for that. Yeah. You know, and that information will be put out there publicly. So I think it's neat for the world out there. We can say world, right? We got listeners in a couple different oh, continents: yeah. Australia, Russia, yeah, South America, yeah. England. I mean, they, Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, so you're going to be you're big you're big time as if you Maybe weren't if you weren't before you are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get yeah. some Peppa Pig gear out of it from the Ooh, folks in England. That would be awesome if somebody over there was listening. Maybe yeah. you can put that in a hashtag. I always like that opening theme song. It was kind of snazzy. Yeah. yeah, but it's good for these folks to hear. Yeah, what makes the product successful right because the product sells right unfortunately we have to get back to that but to have a team that puts on such a daily like you say it's got it's, it's a daily thing you guys aren't just ramping up for the opens right right 
And another thing, yeah. you know, some people don't realize how we're set up. That there's eight superintendents here. That you know, I'm on course two. I I do my thing. Our programs agronomically are different than all the other places because the expectations are different. You know, sure. I do my fungicide programs, our fertility programs, our heights of cut, cultural practices. All these things are different, and each superintendent has their own ability to do those things. You know, we're not handed a sheet and this is what you're going to do. It's our deal, our golf courses, and we have different expectations. So Logan over on course number eight, he does his thing. Now we all share. We know what's worked, what hasn't worked. We, yeah. we don't do the same things at the same times, but sometimes we do because it's worked for somebody. Right. Or it, better yet, it didn't work for somebody. So we get together every couple Thursdays and sit down and talk and see what's going on or even more than that if we need to so right we uh it really is similar to a a big management group that's separated by hundreds of miles and we're separated by a mile right where we're all doing our own thing in our own place and trying to make it the best when people tee off our golf course uh, we've talked about who manages everything who handles the uh croquet our court. superintendent of grounds, okay. Chris Burroughs, is over the long bowl and croquet courts. That you used to come one of the eight that you no, mentioned? No, so he's, he's outside of golf course superintendent. He's our grounds superintendent, Chris right. Burroughs. He takes care of the hotel lawns. We have three hotels, the clubhouse. Um, lucky putting greens at those hotels? That's our west lawn putting green. So our course two team manages the putting green at the oh, hotel. You do. Okay. Yep. So you manage the Carolina? Not the lawn, just the putting putting green. I'm saying he does, he does. He does the... That seems like that would be the most high-maintenance entrance because it's very well-known, obviously. It is, and I joke around with guys, the lucky thing here is if you don't mow it, I don't have to grow it. (laughs) No pansies, no petunias, no really anything like that. So if you don't mow it, I don't have to grow it. So he, we have an irrigation superintendent that handles the irrigation needs of nine golf courses, pump stations, and all that. Wow. So he's, he does that. He has a guy that works for him, and they address the irrigation issues if they get above So if you have a, heads. you have a we, problem, you – We do a lot of it ourselves, but okay. if it's big-time stuff, okay, then it's called Jim. Right. How many of those uh, 26 mechanics, if any, are involved in TTAC? Do any of them get involved in the – Our uh, equipment manager, I believe, is involved in TTAC, Rob Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Nice. Yeah, Rob came to us about a year and a half ago. Because I can tell you from, from our perspective as an association, we're very appreciative of the relationship with Pinehurst and especially the participation that they have in, in not only all of our regional events but the conference and show because you start looking at the number of employees that come from an education standpoint. I mean, it's a, it's a big number. Now, is TTAC just Carolinas or is that worldwide? It's called the Turf Equipment Technicians of the Carolinas. That's gotcha. TTAC. Yeah. yeah. We did have a meeting with Ori Georgetown, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. They came up and talked to Bob and Rob about some kind of program yeah. at the school where we could help foster that, get some people to go to school down there, or have their students come here and work Correct. And, and do things. So we're trying to branch out into educating and, and growing our fields, not only on the golf course, but in the shop as well. Well, 26 full-time mechanics, it would seem to me you've got to have some kind of a pipeline to be able to fulfill that, right? I mean, you, you have a, a stretch, three or four of those go down, you're going to have some issues. Yeah, and we're low now. I mean, with the job market and, and finding good help, um, that number isn't full right now. 
job market. What about H2B? How many of those do you guys use? Zero. Okay. Zero. We used to do a program, probably ended 10 years ago. Okay. Um, Just so with all the challenges coming and going. And there's some there's some issues here with the resort and some ties that we had. I got gotcha. Um, HR felt it was best to hold off on that for a little while. And no, I think that's so we haven't. We're we're eager to find something like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just have to see. A lot of that's out of everybody's hands. You don't know. Have you guys been able to fill most of your labor needs? We struggle. We talk to guys from other parts of the country and other parts of the state even that have struggled longer than we have. Mm, yeah. And it delayed you know you have guys from the northeast come here and you talk to them and they're struggled three years ago where ours hit pretty good last year where we're like oh i see what they're talking about now i got you landscapers are paying cash and more sure we're having to increase wages and that's a big push here loan loans start going back up at all challenges at all we have 225 golf course maintenance technician employees if you will here at the resort so nine golf courses, 225 golf course maintenance workers. If you just want to give a 5% raise, that's a, yeah, it's a big number. That's a big number. Yeah. Or to get them a dollar starting wage increase, and then you have to catch other people up to what they were making. Right. You know, it's, <clears throat> it's tough. Well, let me ask you another one then. Um, we'll just tie you back to the association. We've kind of kept you a while. Do you feel like you, through your 19-year career at Pinehurst, have benefited with your um, – partnership or association with the Carolinas yeah I mean who doesn't walk away from the Carolina show saying man that's good that's that's impressive um, not to make light of the national show but there's a lot of guys that say I don't need to go to the national because we've got the Carolinas right here yeah um, the national show is good for what it is but the Carolina show is great because it's all of us it's our friends our colleagues all the vendors support it it's a big turnout um, the education is unmatched. I've had the fortune to go to some other association um, events in other states, and you go and you're like, where's the next page of the education? Sure. And that's it. And you're like, wow. You take for granted how being born and raised in the Carolinas and you know getting to go to the Carolina show for the first time whenever year that was, and it's, it's something special when you go other places. And you know they're trying to make their show like ours. Yeah. And their education like ours. And the stuff we do throughout the year is good. A lot of it is USGA regional meetings or our local association stuff. And so, yeah. No, we appreciate the support, too. Again, with, with places like yourself, with that many employees, obviously, if it were, and I won't name any national companies, but some have gone to providing their own education through management companies and so it's challenged a lot of the local chapters as well as the national when you take blocks of hundreds of superintendents from different areas and you put them under the quote guise of education for two days under their own umbrella and it kind of takes it away from what we're trying to all accomplish so um, I think it's great to hear that about the show because obviously for the Carolinas it's unique with us is that the success of the show drives all the other member benefits to have lobbyists during the year to have the phone pick up anytime you know during the year you need something whether it's a ethics issue or anything along those lines so um, I appreciate you saying that bringing the books back from your class even if your assistants or AITs or yeah. interns can't go you got a hard copy of what you took in class you 
you, you go over it with your guys, you show them what you did. There's resources there to continue, even for them. The assistance committee, I believe, was started when I was kind of on that first little wave, and I wasn't yeah. there for long, but it was started then. So He's like one of the many who have been on the assistance committee that are now promoted superintendents. That's right. That's awesome. That's the way it's it should be, the door. It's been pretty cool to watch. Yep. All first, right, give him the give him the hard questions. First car you drove. There it is. Nineteen seventy eight Chevrolet Custom Deluxe Ten, full size truck. Oh, what color? The, uh, it was started out being red, but you know how they kind of fade to kind of <laughs> orangish. Was it was it on the uh, was it on the stick or was it on the floor? It was automatic. Oh, wow. my dad bought it brand new in April of nineteen seventy eight, and I was born in August of nineteen seventy eight. So that was my truck when I turned sixteen. Man, did That's, you ever have a car seat in that? We didn't have car seats yeah. there. Right. Uh, you, you either sat in the hump on your mom's car or you sat on the middle bench or on the floorboard in dad's truck. We had a Chevette, I remember. So I remember rolling around the back seat of that thing. Yeah, but it was vinyl seats. And so, like, right. when I got it, I tried to clean it up, do a little armor all on the vinyl seat. And if you don't have your seatbelt on, you slide all the way to the passenger seat when you make that first turn. With it going. With it going. How'd that uh, work out? Not good. <laughs> not good. So... Yeah, that That's was my first. Story. That was my first truck. That's awesome. I guess your kids are too young. You don't play any video games, do you? I never really was a big video gamer. My brother, who's six years younger, was, but not me. Ask I did have plays. Nintendo. Nah, not going to go there. Did your brother play Fortnite? I don't think so. So he knows what it is, right? If you had one superpower, what would it be? Fly. That That'd be get, pretty cool to fly. Get around the golf course a little quicker, manage guys. Or get away from the golf course quicker. <laughs> I mean, it, it, okay, at two and a half minutes, you might want to choose something else if yeah. you're just trying to get home. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of wasting uh, one yeah. there. I mean, maybe invisibility. I don't know. No, That's fly. just my favorite. Fly, fly you got to be able to do a lot. I mean, you can make yourself invisible by just flying away. Just right. Just get out. Fly. Go to shoot down to Key West if you want That's to. That's it. You know? Well, I think we probably let him need to get back to yeah, the course. Yeah, we're taking a lot of time. USGA wouldn't be happy if we kept it's going too long. It's air conditioning here. I got time. <laughs> no doubt. Well, well, we John, do only have, what, an hour um, and 20 minutes until we go do a, what are we calling that, a course tour of the cradle? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, touring the cradle. Yes, we're going to have to go analyze the tea and green complexes at approximately 9 to 18 times. I'm going to go observe everything I've ever learned by these podcasts about the conditioning of courses and nice yeah well john nice. thank you yes hey, sir I appreciate you guys having me. we yeah. appreciate you thanks for all you do getting this set up and a great interview man thank, thank you. you yeah and welcome us you know and having your doors open at pinehurst forever it's been a great relationship with the association we've had a lot of meetings here and look forward to continuing that as we move on well that was some wonderful information there and stories from john i can't tell you i mean I got lucky. I got to play golf with him because he was an assistant and I was the new guy, so we got carded together years ago, 10, 11 years ago. But um, to be able to burge in a relationship like that uh, and to watch it develop into who he's become at that facility is just phenomenal. So I thank him for his time today. Yep, that was awesome, man. He is a down-to-earth dude, another guy you could just sit there and hang with all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love spending some time with him, especially outside of here. Um, you know, the guys are so – I don't want to call them high-strung because he's not at all, but – they're 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 dialed in they're in tune when they're on property so sometimes it's nice to catch them out of state when they're not having to run around and think right. about some things 
Don't say the word soft. He does not want to hear the word soft about Pinehurst number two. <laughs> only, only the soft serve ice cream, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, All hey, right. let's let's wrap this thing up with uh, the conclusion. Well, not just of the show, but of the yard drama. Yeah, I think this um, is the big payoff, man. We've been talking about it since episode one, and here we are. So, and we did reference it in our first off course series with with Bert. Right? It came up a little bit. Correct. The end. The sponsors. You called them to get some yard, some sods samples. I did. I called. So that was about two weeks ago. We talked about that. So here you are now. If you follow us one at a time, Alan at that point has referenced some side uh, quotes that he had gotten. So let's let's tell him where you are. Let's tell him about how many people have stopped by. So I have had we Jeff Cannell came through and helped me, and we got fourteen pallets of Empire Zoysia from Modern Turf. Laid that in three three hours with the help of four junior golfers and a cat machine that Jeff was driving to move the side around. And since then, after a $600 water bill, I've had five neighbors who I don't know stop by and say how good the yard looks. And I want you to know, it was rough, man. I felt like the bad guy of the neighborhood. Uh, and now I don't have to hang my head and, and hide my car in the driveway anymore. So we went from don't stop by to we're having a welcome to the neighborhood party next yeah, week pretty much i was told to spray it out may and it's just june looked all rough so i can only think this is going to improve lemonade sales from the stand that the kids are about to put up my kids are happy they they can run in grass now and do they enjoy that grass is it barefoot grass or is it kind of pokey prickly because no it's no so it's good. totally barefoot nice yeah isn't that great it is so what about yours did we wrap yours up i mean mine's yeah. as good as it gets I understand, but we want you to tell everybody what kind you got and who you got it from. I got Palisades. It came from our friends at Carolina Fresh Farm. So we have covered both of our sponsors from the, the first off-course episodes. Um, I've had some fertilizer come in from a number of different individuals. I appreciate all the support. Um, I have 25 tons of sand coming first of the week uh, to do a little top dressing, if you will. And, uh, yeah, let's just say it's... Uh, I've gotten advice from seven different people, and it's seven different sets of advice, and I've got seven different programs that I'm currently following, <laughs> one each day of the week. <laughs> uh, I think my most favorite part is the uh, the debate between the uh, the younger generation and the older generation. I've got um, some guys who, who have some programs who think I need to be mowing three times a week, and some guys who have some programs who think I need to be mowing three times a month. So that's that's the challenge. And you're doing the mowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, got we keep it in. We keep it. Um, yeah, and you that's bought, in-house. You bought a new fancy mower, did you not? No, I mean it's a push mower. Okay, twenty-inch push mower that does things. It's not just a push mower. It folds up. It drops sand down. No, no. There's a roller attachment that will be going on the back of it. Okay. That once we do a Primo app, we will stripe up the yard later. <laughs> I don't think you can put Primo in yards. That's pretty much illegal. I think there's going to be some drift from a local facility, I maybe down the road. Well, that's See, it. why you ask me questions that get me in trouble? <laughs> that's it as far as the yard talk. The only yard talk going forward will be advice from our guest to the everyday Joe. Correct. And if you are with the EPA, please listen to the disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Yeah. These opinions do not reflect on anyone, any sponsor, any part of the Carolinas, and I don't know what Primo is, so I was just kidding when I said that. Man, we're just making all this up anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't know what it is. Sounds good. Thank y'all for listening. Keep the dogs off of it. Bye-bye.
Simplot is a leader in bringing new and innovative technologies to the turf management industry, specializing in fertility and plant protection. Simplot has an extensive line of unique and proprietary products that have a great fit in any management program. Most importantly, Simplot is all in when it comes to your success. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life.